Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Oregon holds a spring game. Dylan Brooks to Portland, maybe, maybe not. And my daughter played in a golf tournament, and I was torn because I was low-key pulling for my alma mater a little bit. Brennan will probably take me to town for that. All that and more coming up on the Sports by Northwest podcast featuring myself, Aaron Fentress of the Oregonian, and Brenna Green of Coin6. Brenna, how are you this week? I'm good. How are you? Man, I've been doing daddy duty today. I was out at Stone Creek watching my daughter for four hours in the rain, committed to watching her play golf because it's fun. I have covered a few golf tournaments. Yeah, in covering my time. them not so much fun. And let me tell you, they're oh, yes. bears. Like, you're out there for a mm. while, you're hanging out. Meanwhile, let me tell you this from the from the TV perspective, golf tournaments are uh very interesting to cover they're impossible because yeah like first of all no you are not gonna get this person shooting or like hitting a long-range ball like i'm sorry my camera cannot handle that i do not work for cbs sports okay so it's impossible to find that white little ball in the air it's not gonna happen so we're getting all putts baby (laughs) it is all maybe a chip can you get a chip okay Maybe it's just maybe, okay. yeah, maybe, yeah. I could probably do that. Um, wow, I didn't know I was going to get into this rant right now. <laughs> Secondly, um, you are you're kind of at the mercy of where mm. you are and like who you're following and what's going on. Um, a golf cart is absolutely necessary. Yep, I had one today. See, good for you. Um. Should I should I tell a story of a time where I almost didn't get a golf cart? Should we do that real sure, quick? Sure, why not? Because this this is you'll okay. you'll enjoy this. You'll enjoy the ending of this. It's a great ending. So I'm in Great Falls, Montana. I'm covering some like Montana amateur golf thing, whatever. And I go into the go into the uh, go into the clubhouse, and I'm like, hey, I need a golf cart. Blah blah blah. The guy at the front, the golf pro at the front, flips out on me and is like, can't give you one. We don't have any left. We can't give you one. Sorry, you aren't going to get one. And I'm like, uh. So I go to somebody else. So they try to go get another, like, keys to another golf cart. The guy in the front flips out and is like, I know you're getting it for that girl. And she cannot have a cart. Blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. Like, this is crazy. 
So finally, another guy from another station shows up and goes to, like, the guy in charge of the entire golf course and is like, we need a cart. Finally, we get a cart. So we get a cart. We're rolling around, which, by the way, that was a real adventure in itself because this guy did not know golf etiquette. (laughs) He, at one point, drove the golf cart onto the putting green. (laughs) Yes way. And I'm like, oh, my God. Make it stop. Make it stop. As it's happening, I'm like, oh, how am I How am I in the same car as this guy? I'm going to die. I'm going to die. I'm going to die. He's rolling around. It was It was a real thing. But um, the kicker is that a few months later, I'm on one of the illustrious dating apps of our day. And I'm going back and forth with this guy. And he's like, so did you ever get that cart at the golf, at the golf amateur? I'm like, shut up. <laughs> and he's like, yep, that was that was good. That was great. I really enjoyed watching that all happen. And I was like, wow, first time I've been left speechless on this thing. So there you go. Uh, a lesson in golf etiquette at all, or not even golf etiquette, shooting golf. I guess there was a golf etiquette lesson in there as well. <laughs> Don't drive your cart onto the putting green. Um, and also... Everybody knows who you are. (laughs) Thankfully, I didn't do anything. I was just hanging out. But there you go. Yes. So. Oh, yes. Golf is an interesting Uh, thing. I've only covered a couple of golf tournaments. uh, And a lot of times you just go into the media tent and watch it on TV because you're not going to follow it. I mean, you might follow the leaders, I guess, the last few holes or something. But then it's hard to get a spot to see actually see anything. So, yeah, it's it's. It's not. It's not that interesting. All right, but what is interesting and easy to cover mm. is football, because you all cushy at a press box and the game's right there in front of you, right? on one hundred yards, not six thousand yards. Um, <laughs> uh, so you were at the Oregon spring game. It looked like a fantastic day. It was beautiful out, unlike today. Uh, Forty-five thousand people. Mariota was in town. Landing was out being landing. Uh, just before we get to the game, let's just talk about the atmosphere. What was it like being there? Yeah, I mean, the student section was pretty jacked for the first half. Um, You know, by the time we got to the second half, it was time to continue on with our day and continue partying. (laughs) And to be honest, I understand. I get it. Go have fun. (laughs) Um, But yeah, the first half, they were, it was like a pretty full, like they had two full sections, pretty much two full sections of the student section. So that was, that was awesome. Um, Like you said, an absolutely beautiful day for a spring game. It was it was a lot of fun out there. A lot of people around, you know, from various years around yeah, the program. Tons of players there. Um, tons of players there. Um, it, yeah, I mean, it was, it was, you know, I think also the side that the press box was on had way more fans, and we couldn't see that because of where the press mm. box is, and also because the side that the and the reason why the side that. Uh, the side of Otson that the press box is on had way more fans is because that's where the overhang is. Right. <laughs> so we couldn't really see that side and like how it was all down there during the game. Um, so the other side like wasn't as impressive because I mean, at some point who wants to sit out in the sun for, you know, an hour and a half um, like that. But, um, but yeah, it was, it was a good time down there. I think, it, you know, <laughs> they, they, they couldn't have picked a better day to have a spring game, even though, you know, obviously they didn't pick that day knowing that the weather was going to be, but it, it, 
It worked out pretty well. It's always cool when Marcus comes back. Did you get a chance to talk to him at all? No. No, I did not get to speak with him. Um, Yeah, the only person I really talked to was um, my former high school classmate, Keenan Lowe. So we we chatted it up a little bit. How's he doing? Yeah. Yeah. Chatted it up with Kelly Graves as well. So that was fun. Yeah, he's always fun to talk to. All right, the game itself. Uh, Did you spend a lot of time on the field or were you up in the box? Um, I was up in the box mostly. So my relationship relationship with spring games go like this. So the first couple I covered back in the day, I was kind of intrigued and interested because I was new covering the team. And it was fascinating because I hadn't been to a spring game since when I played in a long time ago. Uh, but then after like two or uh, probably the f- actually it's 1996. So my third, wait, I'm no, sorry, 2006. So I think it was my third spring game. I was done. And <laughs> like spring games are just silly. They're glorified practices. You know, you can't touch the quarterback. You can't really get a read on too much. Uh, a lot of times players are able to excel in the game who are, they're never going to excel in the fall. Um, so it's kind of fool's gold in a lot of ways. And so I just got over covering it. But sometimes you can glean a few things from a spring game. Uh, but let's start with you. What did you, what did you come away feeling that you were impressed by? The wide receiver group was the winners of the day. Now, like you said, you have to keep in mind, it's the spring game. A lot of times you're going to be going against a corner that maybe isn't going to see that much playing time right. in the fall. So you have to remember that. You have to remember who they're going up against. That's really, really important. But all of the dynamic plays were somehow related to a wide receiver. They had three guys who I thought had, you know, really great days. I mean, Chris Hudson uh, was nearly 150 yards and a touchdown. He was really close to having two. Yeah, Tez Johnson definitely showed us his feet that we've kind of been we kind of been hearing about this all spring right. ball from them about how fast he is uh so that was you know he had that 70 yard touchdown that was pretty much all right. him running it, you know it was, it was just kind of a pass over the middle and then he took it all the way so like i said you have to keep in mind who he's going up against you know that this is not going to be you know ucla's number one defense or whatever pac-12 school right. you want to pick uh but, you know oregon state's number one defense he's not going up against that at that point um, but I, I thought overall the wide receiver group had a really nice day. You know, you got your classic Bo Nix, Troy Franklin connection, a uh, nice touchdown there. So yeah, I, I, I thought that they, you know, the, the big names showed up and I, I thought that was, that was a, that was a yeah, good thing. For I agree hundred uh, percent to your point. Like even the Franklin touchdown from Knicks, the corner was in bump and run man with no safety help. That's a touchdown. Like that's, that's an audible. If, if you see Franklin one-on-one with a corner no safety. The safety was in the middle, actually uh, inching more to the other side. That's I'd audible to just a go and just throw it up there for him, which is what Bo Nix did. That's an easy touchdown. That's something you probably aren't going to see much in a real game. But still, those we know those guys are going to be fine. Um, I wanted to see Tez do something. I wanted to see Holden do something. I thought Holden showed them some things, even though he, had, he didn't have a big play. But the Tez play was nice because they didn't really have a receiver last year that turned a lot of short passes into long passes, sort of like how Guys like Charles Anthony, Charles, excuse me, Charles Nelson and DeAnthony Thomas used to do back in the day. Tez is that kind of guy. And then Hudson on, on a, on a seven yard pass down the middle from Ty, that was a gorgeous throw. That was just a beautiful throw down the middle, sailed it out there for him to go get it. So it was mm-hmm. good to see that. I thought Ty was a little shaky early, 
but he had some good numbers under 50% completions, which isn't great, but uh, 274 yards, yards, I think a couple touchdowns, whereas last year he threw a couple picks. Uh, so definitely some progress there. So, yeah, I mean, that's sort of what I came away with. You know, I, it's hard to evaluate the offensive line. It's hard to evaluate the defense. Uh, you know, you saw some athletes out there, but, you know, you, you guys see them in, in more livelier situations than this. Uh, but I thought it was a good show. You know, they put on a good show for the fans, and there was some nice things to see. So, hey, I give it an A. I, I was a little surprised to see Bo out there. He threw as much 40 as passes. You know, he said he, he took a series off in the third, and then I, I I think he only took, like, one series off and yeah. then came back. It might have Did been Austin two. Did Austin get injured? But I, he only threw four passes. Was he injured? I don't I don't know. I don't know what happened. But he came back, and then the company line afterwards was, oh, yeah, that was the plan. I'm like, that's a different plan for a spring game than I've ever seen, but okay. <laughs> um uh, and then he was like, yeah, it was the plan, but I was even more motivated once I saw the other team, like go up on us oh. in the third. And then I was, I was yeah. ready to okay. go. Well, Hey, more power to him. You want okay. to, I mean, look, it's not like he's going to get hurt. You can't I, touch yeah, him. You'd hope not. Whoever, if he gets hurt, someone's losing a scholarship. <laughs> you injure the quarterback in the spring game. You might as well just go to the locker room, take off your gear, go to your dorm room, pack your bags, get on a plane back to mom. So, hey, throw 40 passes. What the heck? Yeah. Um, if I'm going a loser of the day as a group, running backs had a weird day. Like, all, both teams running backs had a really weird day. I mean, Bucky Irving only carried twice. Uh, Noah Whittington carried 10 times, but he only had like 31 mm-hmm. yards. So, you know, like you said, it's a spring game. I'm not going to read too much into it. But I mean, it there just there wasn't any big running back plays whatsoever, and you know that Whittington Irving tandem is you know really is one of the top tandems in the conference, if not the country. So I was expecting a little yeah. more from that, but you know, oh well. well it's maybe a they were game, cautious like with them because they could get hurt. That's that's true. true. So yesterday. Bill and I jumped on here after the Dylan Brooks news broke that the Memphis Grizzlies said we don't want him back. Now, according to Shams, under no circumstances, although I don't know if that came from the team or not, if that was you know, if that was Shams doing his thing, but whatever. Um, but clearly, they don't want him back. And so it, I felt like you know let's let's talk about this. So we jumped on the podcast to talk mainly about Dylan Brooks, and we both agreed that with the right contract, bring Dylan here. Brenda's making that. Brenda's making her Brenda face when she's like, "What you talking about, Willis?" Anyway, now she's now she's laughing at me. All right, well, just calm down, down, Brenna. I'm, I'm, just relax, I'm relax. I'll, I'll give you your chance. Unlike Dylan, I'll Brooks give you your chance. Year. All right, um, because the Blazers need veteran, defensive-minded dogs with attitude. They didn't have any of that last year, other than Hart and Winslow, sorta. Um, they need dudes like that. Now he needs to grow up. He needs to mature. Shouldn't be talking trash about people like LeBron. That was just dumb. He's to improve his offense. I don't see him as a starter. I see him as a backup, which he may not accept. Who knows? I wouldn't give him twenty million or twenty-five million, which is what reportedly he expects. I'd try and get him for ten or something like that. Anyway, I would definitely add him to the roster. I'm not saying I would add him over if there were obvious better options, but Chauncey Billups and Cronin said their depth was too young, too inexperienced. They didn't have enough defense on the bench. 
Dylan Brooks solves all three of those issues. Your turn. Hold on, let me put on let me, let me put on some it. like armor. I feel like you're about to crack on me here. Oh, yeah, like I'm that vicious, <laughs> please. Um, I just don't see Damien going for somebody who has 18 technicals in a year. Maybe Damien and Chauncey feel Damien... like they can straighten him out, though. Joss not gonna. Yeah, well. Anyway, continue. My fault. Go ahead. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I just, I, I just don't see. <laughs> If there's one category you don't want to be leading the league in, it's technicals, okay? That's just, that's not, that's not good. That's not great. And I just don't see Damien going for somebody like that to be on his roster. Um, And he is a part of, he is a part of that room of people who are making decisions on who comes, who stays, who goes. You know, that's that's just what it is. There is a triumphant at this point. You know, it's triumphant. Yeah, I think that's the word. I went. I, I don't know. Anyways, everybody gets what I'm trying to say here, okay? <laughs> Him, Cronin, Chauncey. Right, right. Those three are, you know, the ones, and I just I just don't see him signing off on somebody who, um, who is doing that sort okay. of stuff. I don't think you're. Maybe no, I'm I don't wrong? think you're necessarily wrong. I think that's legit. Uh, I do believe people can mature and change. I think Dylan Brooks has been humbled Great. beyond belief. What happened to him was humiliating. He he talked trash about one of the greatest players of all time, top two probably, and then got dogged. And then didn't even answer on offense. Play like he shot like twenty something percent. It was it's ridiculous. If that doesn't humble you, I don't know what will. Another thing is that remember Rashid was that way here, right? Yes. Then he went to Detroit. Yep. And straighten up a little bit while playing with whom? Yes. Chauncey Billups. So maybe Chauncey understands how to deal with a cat like that. Dame is going to have a, a much more, a much, a much bigger pre- presence and re- and command much more respect than Ja, who not only Ja's really good, but he's younger than Dylan Brooks and he's a knucklehead. How are you going to listen to Ja about straightening up when Ja's doing what Ja's doing? You know what Ja's doing. Jaw Jaw isn't saying anything about right, straightening up. Right. So your best player is not your your leader in terms of professionalism. Dame is one of the consummate professionals in the history of pro sports. So, and again, I'm a big believer in reclamation projects, although that's gotten me in trouble in my own coaching past because I tried to fix people under unfixable, and there are people like that. But I would think that Dame and Chauncey would be the perfect tandem to fix him. And what I think could happen is if Dylan goes out in the market and realizes that not that many people are interested in him, that the best place he can go is going to be somewhere where they feel like they can control him, and this might be the place. So I really think this is a thing that could happen. Like 20% chance it could happen. 20% chance? All right. Yeah. 20 sounds I spent exactly 20 nanoseconds thinking about it, and I came up with 20%. (laughs) <laughs> okay well there you go i mean they do have thibault who is you know kind of a three and d guy kind of like kind of like dylan but i i think that dylan probably is a better offensive player well thibault's a better sh- right now what thibault showed shooting wise was pretty impressive but i think dylan's a better all-around offensive guy but god they neither one of them can, yeah. has any touch 
Dylan was brutal. Like Dylan on two point baskets was brutal. It's crazy. Yeah. So. But he but he was a role player. He was a defensive role player on a team that had the best record in the league. You need guys like that. Like you need guys who play defense. And so I think you can get away even if you kept Thibel and Dylan Brooks and 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 Winslow. And those are your three veteran defensive guys who are going to come out there and bring the D. And you have Ant. Grant, sorry, Dame, Grant, and then whomever they get in the trade to come in and be a, a, another star if they get somebody. And you got Nurkic still who's got some offense. I think, I think it'll work, but who knows? We'll see. All right. All right. Let's hear about your predicament today out on the golf course. All right. So I've had three children play sports. My oldest son was long gone, but he played baseball. My daughter plays golf. She used to play basketball. My son plays baseball primarily, yeah, baseball. And whenever my children have played a game or a match or whatever against Grant, I find myself torn. So today, my daughter played in the regional tournament, golf tournament. Uh, She plays for Sunset High School. They won. And one of the player she was playing with in her group was from Grant and she had the Grant jacket and the Grant golf bag and the Grant <laughs> umbrella and I was just like I couldn't help but pull for her now let's go back in time my son had a baseball game a couple years ago in the, in the summer uh when was last summer no, two summers ago while he was playing for Sunset's eighth grade summer league team and they played Grant <laughs> baseball and i was torn like it was hard i'm not gonna lie like i was pulling for my son but i was like when the grant players did well i just automatically was like yeah good player yeah you know i just couldn't help it because i see that blue and gray and that g and it brings me back to the day the worst example might be a few years ago when my daughter was playing basketball and she was on eighth grade team and we went to a tournament in some small town and I get in the stands, I sit down, and I see the girls on the opposing team warming up, and I see that blue and gray, and I see that G, and I'm like, please let that be Gresham. And it's not. It's Grant. And so I told my wife, I go, man, I don't know. She's like, what? I go, I might have to pull for Grant today. <laughs> and she's like, are you kidding me? You're going to cheer against your own daughter? I go, no, I want her to score. But I don't know, man. I just can't help it. She's like, that's pathetic. I go, you just don't understand. So even even later when the tournament was over and we were in the uh, the house, we we're waiting for the scores to go up and stuff like that. So that's when all the Grant girls were in there and all their Grant gear. And I was just really like, oh my God, that Grant gear is so dope. So actually on one of the holes, I ended up chatting with the Grant coach. And uh, I talked to her, I went to Grant, et cetera, et cetera. I go, man, the, the Grant stuff is nice. I go, can I get some? Can I buy some? She's like, well, you got to get your daughter to come over to Grant. I go, she's a senior, so we can't do that. I go, what if I donate money to the program? <laughs> She said, you donate, you donate money to the program, I'll hook you up with a bag and an umbrella and a Grant jacket. I'm like, cool. So anyway, now just to be, just to be, so just to, yeah, I'm, dude, that stuff was dope. I, I'm telling I love, <laughs> I love Grant High School. Like that was my school, man. I love the people I went to school with. I still keep in touch with a lot of them. I mean, not every day, but you know, Facebook, you talk to people. I'm in the fantasy league with a guy I knew from Grant. Um, the other guy I know from Grant DMs me about Blazers all the time. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's just, you know, just all those connections and things. I had a great time at Grant. Uh, but yeah, so, you know, I mean, you're not a, you're not a parent yet. 
Um, but you did play sports. Um, yeah. So am I am I psycho dad or do you get it? Okay, so I'm trying to put myself in your <laughs> shoes because, you know, I'm just thinking like if I had a kid and they didn't go to Jesuit and they were playing against Jesuit, how would mm-hmm. I feel? Okay. So I can kind of understand. Yeah. I can get it. Now, my brain, like, short circuits, like, where it's like, oh, your kid doesn't go to Jesuit. I'm like, no, my, if, if, I, if I were to be here and had children, my kids would be going to <laughs> Jesuit. Like, that just would be what would happen. So I'm like, okay, like, so I'm, I'm like, trying to, you know, process this. And my brain just goes, no, well, that's not going to happen. Um, so, but I can... I can understand how it gets ingrained into you. And especially like, I think something that maybe you're not taking into an account to taking into account that is different is the fact that you cover sports. So you're still like kind of connected with all that stuff going mm. on tangentially. Mm. And you, it's obviously you don't cover grant, but you kind of know where things stack up. And yeah, when you, when you have, the sports background and the sports knowledge, like, th- like I can understand why you feel a little connected to it. I, I get it. I understand. Now, the thing I cannot put myself in your shoes on is having a child play for another school. I would imagine I would feel very strongly connected to my child in that situation. <laughs> I feel very strongly to Taryn Payton and Isaiah I, I back, in, in, back in the day, but... Anyway, continue. So, you know, I I understand your, like, gut first reaction of, like, go Grant. They're the general, Yeah, right? Grant general. So, I, my, my you know sophomore my, year. I, I know my PIL mascots. My sophomore mascots. year was 1984. That's 38 years ago. So, I have a 38-year connection to Grant. My daughter's 18. <laughs> <laughs> she's you know she had, she ain't even been around half as long as my connection to grant Weedy, you only been around yeah and then my years. son in the baseball thing he's only he's like 17 now he was 15 at the time so it was like you know i, I got three kids i, I only okay. have one on the mater high school wise <laughs> here's what <laughs> okay. i gotta know does your daughter know about this pull towards grant well, when when they played in the basketball game, I did say in the car ride home that I was low key pulling for Grant, and I and I think I, I think Grant won. I think Grant won big, so I think she was like, "Well, that was probably a good choice today." I don't think she took it personally, um, <laughs> and I don't think because I was going to say like, "What was her reaction?" No, today she didn't, I didn't say anything today. Although she no, she did see me chatting with the the golf coach and asked me what we were talking about, and I did say. I was talking, I was telling her that I went to Grant and I wanted some Grant gear. I did say that. She didn't react. And what did she, she say? I think she rolled her eyes or something. Yep, yep that sounds about right. That's what, that's what 18-year-old Brenna would have done. <laughs> See, I never had to deal with that because my mom didn't go to school up here and my dad's high school, like, it was like, a, it closed down. So, I just... I never had to deal with it. I'm totally forgetting what high school he went to now. But anyways, yeah, like it doesn't, it used to be a high school in the Portland area and now it's converted into like a middle school or something. I don't remember. Sorry, dad. <laughs> um, 
I mean, it hasn't existed since I since I've been like born. Okay, so. but if 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 you yeah, live so. somewhere else, not in the Jesuit area, well, Jesuit's private, so you can get to Jesuit. Well, if you live further enough out to where it'd be ridiculous to go to Jesuit, um, and your kids end up playing something against Jesuit, where would your allegiance lie the most? See, I feel like that's hard for me to answer right now because right now it's like, oh, well, I mean, it's Jesuit, <laughs> but I also don't have children. So that would also be different. So, you know, like, and by the way, this doesn't mean I'm like, you know, I know so people are going to listen to this and be like, oh, she's biased towards Jesuit or whatever, blah, 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 blah. Like, you know, it's the same way with Gonzaga. Like, I, I, I'm not, I'm not biased enough, biased enough that I can't see warts in situations. Okay, like when I covered Gonzaga, I can see the warts as well. Um, but you know, like, yeah, I, I mean, that is that is my alma mater. At the end of the day, it is what it is. Um, but so, so it's it's hard for me to put myself in your shoes because I've never quite been in your right. shoes. Right now, I'm like, see, so you but, get it. So, and just to be clear, I, I do kind of. I, I wanted Sunset to win today, and and they won. Yes. Uh, I didn't want the girl Taryn was playing with to do better than her, and Taryn did better than her. But when she was hitting, I was pulling for her. When they played basketball a couple years, I was pulling for both Sunset and Grant. And when Grant took a big lead, I didn't feel guilty anymore because I like Sunset deserves to lose. With my son with baseball, I was pulling for his team and pulling for him. But whenever a Grant kid did well, I was like, "Yeah, let's go, Grant!" Oh, sorry. Anyway. So funny. Old habits okay, die hard. <laughs> All right. You have something you want to talk about pop culture wise. Oh, Bring gosh. it. This is gonna this is gonna interest approximately like one and a half people <laughs> that, uh, that are listening to this podcast right now, but whatever. Um I am a big I I love the Met Gala, okay? And it happened on Monday. And um, I love seeing all the fashion. Like, I honestly think that if I was not in sports, I would be like a buyer for like a Nordstrom or something like that. Like, that's what I would want to okay. do. I it's a, it's a thing. I love fashion. I don't know what else to say. Uh, but we got to talk. So the, the theme this year was this designer named Carl Lagerfield, who is like a legendary designer. However, I learned something new due to the Met Gala carpet. And apparently he has this cat that he is obsessed with. That he was obsessed with because he, he passed away a few years ago. And so one celebrity, you know what? Two celebrities you can always count on something weird happening on a red carpet for. Doja Cat and um, Jared Leto. Okay, I saw the photo. And they both delivered on the weird. I saw the photo you were talking about. Go ahead, keep going. I saw it. Yes, Jared Leto shows up in a full-on cat outfit, and like, like a full-on, like it was like a cat mascot. Like that's the best way it was. It was a cat mascot, and then took that off on the carpet and had a different outfit. Yeah. Meanwhile, Doja Cat showed up as a cat, but like in a dress. And then when she was doing interviews, she would only an answer by meowing. Good lord. <laughs> and I just found it to be, like, 
the weirdest, but honestly, like, both things were highly entertaining in a world of, you know, things that are just, there's a lot of bad things going on in the world. And I'm like, you know what? Y'all want to be weird? You go for it. So I thoroughly enjoyed those two leaning into the weirdness at the Met Gala this year. There was a lot of other, yeah, I, I, you know, I'm not going to go into like the stuff I, the, the dresses I liked or whatever, because that's boring for everybody who's listening to this. Nobody cares about that, in my opinion, on that. But I just want to say, you want to know what? You want to go with the theme? And you want to go, you want to lean into that theme? It's the Met Gala red carpet. Do whatever weird thing you want to do, because who cares? So <laughs> there you go. So- and I also love cats. I have a cat of my own. We have two. So, you know, it was speak, speaking to my, my cat mom's soul. So as my cat meows in the background because I shut him in the bedroom <laughs> because Lord knows. We've had a few. We've had a few of my my my, my cat has made an appearance or two on this podcast before. <laughs> and um, that's enough for him. He can now. So when you mentioned there. this, he must, he must, when you mentioned this, I Googled it. And yes, the outfits are insane. And there are things that no yes. one ever wear, like for real. So what? So what happens no, with these things? That's well, the what point happens of it. with them? The outfits. Yeah, I know. I know. Well, I mean that that happens in a lot of different situations with these red carpets. But yeah, I, I want you know, I I want that cat. There's got to be some school looking for a new mascot mm. right now. You know, just be the. Persian cats or something. I don't know. They're probably they're probably auctioning off or something. Because I mean, it was like I said, it was a full on mascot. So, hmm. all right. Well, that is lighthearted. We'll get yeah. to something that's not so lighthearted. Obviously, uh, Jamie Fox, the great Jamie Fox, one of the most versatile entertainers ever. Dude can sing, act, do comedy. Phenomenal. Uh, talent has been in the hospital for a few weeks now for undisclosed medical emergency that occurred while he was filming. Uh, I can't remember what it was. He was filming, filming something. And I remember seeing like reports here and there. And I kept thinking, oh, he's, you know, he's with the hospital for something, dehydration or whatever. He'll be out. He's still in there. And then people were talking about he needed, uh, his family was saying he needed everyone's prayers. I'm like, oh crap, is this like for real? But then he, he posted something on Instagram, but apparently he's still, you know, in pretty bad shape. Uh, what do you make of this? Like, I mean, it sounds like if he's posting things, I don't know. It seems like he's probably going to be okay, but this this would be a major deal if we lost Jamie Foxx, no? I, th- I mean, I think he's going to yeah. be fine. You know, he posted, he thanked his fans. So that's, that's a good sign uh, from my end that he's probably going to be okay. But... Yeah, I mean, like you said, it was it was kind of weird because it kind of just happened, and then it didn't seem that serious. Then all of a sudden, it was like, "Whoa, this might actually be kind of serious." And then he posted about it, and so now the kind of the temperature has died down a little bit. But That's good. so, do you have a yeah. favorite Jamie Foxx movie? Okay, I like to say I'm movie. Oh, that's right, I forgot. Um, you don't watch movies. So I'm not sure if I have a favorite Jamie Foxx movie, but I will say Gold Digger is a bop, (laughs) okay? That is a certified bop. So thank you for your contribution to the culture in that way, For impersonating Ray Charles? Rocks. For his impersonation of Ray Charles? 
in that song. Yeah. Yeah. So I think if we're talking about favorite piece of content that Jamie Foxx ever participated in, easy. That okay. for me. Easy, easy, so, easy. Great music video, whole thing. So yep, I remember Jamie Foxx from In Living Color, which was a phenomenal uh, offshoot of Saturday Night Live. Um, he was great on that. And then, man, he was doing comedy, and he started making, you know, doing some serious roles. I thought he was great in uh, Collateral, I think, with uh, Tom Cruise. Of course, Ray Charles. What an what Oscar for that one. And then Django Unchained. Oh, my God, that movie is so good. He, he was such a badass in that movie. So that, that might be my favorite. Watch them shoot up racist slave owners is not unfun. <laughs> anyway... All yeah. right. Uh, so real quick before we go, we are about 11 days away from uh, the mm. lottery. From D-Day. From the lottery. Yeah. Uh, obviously, people hope to see the, the Blazers get number one, get Victor. I'm of the mind, though. I'm going to throw this out there for you. And me and Ooh. Bill are going to talk about this next week, too, I think. I don't believe the number one pick is untradeable. I could see trading that pick for the right person or people. Well, the Blazers have already come out and said they aren't going to trade it. I know. I know. I know they say that. I'm not saying they're gonna. I'm just saying if you if you offered me, there are players in the league I'd trade that pick for. I don't think they're going to necessarily be available. But let's say Philly lost yeah. hard and said we're ready. We're, we want. We love Victor. We think he's going to be made, and we'll give you Embiid. Done. Nanosecond. Or if Toronto says we'll give you OG and Siakam, done. Or Suns, Durant's old, they're going to trade him, Paul's done, we want to start over, we'll give you Booker and Aiton, done. Because if you make a deal like that with Dame, you have a three to four year window to win a title. There is no guarantee that you're going to ever win a damn thing with Victor. There's like let's not pretend like he's a guaranteed title. Embiid's the Embiid and, and Jokic are the best two bigs in the NBA. Is he gonna be better than those two? You don't make a bad huh? argument. I'm you just don't saying. make a bad argument. Zion was supposed to be can't miss. How's that going? Odin was supposed to be can't miss. How's that going? Durant has been amazing. Durant has been amazing, but he only won a title because he jumped on the on the Warriors. So, so Durant is your best player. Hasn't won a championship. LeBron, as, as your best player in Cleveland, didn't win a championship. He's only won championships when he was running around to chase teammates. So having Victor does not guarantee anything in terms of winning a championship. Plus, he's tall and brittle. How many tall, brittle guys have been great in the NBA? I mean, I guess you could say Durant maybe, but he's not a 7'4". Yeah. This kid's brittle. Chet, Chet Holmgren didn't even play his first year because he had an injury. Odin was injured before he played. He missed his first year. We all know what happened with Bowie here. We know what happened with Wouldn't Walton here, right? Porzingis was supposed to be what everyone's saying Victor's going to be. And Porzingis is pretty good, 23 and 9 a night. He was the unicorn, right? The 7'5 guy could do everything. He's been, he's, he's been New York, Dallas, Washington. And they didn't make the playoffs with him and Kuzma and Bradley Beal. So what I'm saying is that Victor isn't guaranteed to do jack. He could be good, but he isn't guaranteed to bring you titles. There's no guarantee. So if I could trade him for a combination of guys, if there's someone out there who wants to do it, who they believe he's a guaranteed title waiting to happen, I'd do it. And I had those four years with Dame and, the, and those players, and then maybe seven years from now I'm mad because Victor's killing it, or maybe seven years from, from now 
I'm happy because either he's not killing it or here's the other thing. He can leave. He can crush it in Portland and say, I don't want to be here and bail. So all I'm saying is if I can get the players to win a championship with Dame, I'm doing that first. I trade Victor. Have we on this podcast discussed who we would want to be the the Blazers picker at the at the wow, lottery? She yet? ain't got a response for all that. She's just like this dude's psycho. I no, this no, no, no. I mean, I thought I'm, you were going to ask. I, 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 do I, we I, have I, a phone number for a therapist to get me some help? I, that's what I thought you were going to ask me. <laughs> no, I mean, no, I we said, don't know who's you going. Know we don't know who's I, going yet. Yeah, I, well, I know we don't know who's going. Have we discussed? Oh, who should go? Like, who should no. go? Do you have any thoughts on this? I heard Brendan Roy might be in the mix. Maybe some pass. Great would be interesting. I can see that. You you want to know who I really want? Tell me what you want, what you really, really want. I want Greg Oden. Oh, my God. I feel so bad for Greg. And so do I. But I think it would be great. I think it would be great for all parties. If he won it. If they won. But I don't think he. I don't. I don't think he's gonna do it. Yeah, I don't think he would. Yeah, I have no. I have no inside intel whatsoever. So I'm just literally saying that off the top of my yeah. head. Um, but I don't think it can be Chauncey or Dame. I think we got to get some fresh blood in there. What about uh, sending Shaden? Shaden's too shy. Shaden? No. That's not. That's not Shaden's scene. You don't want to send Ant because you might be trading Ant on draft day. <laughs> yeah, you can't send Ant. You can't send. You can't send no. Nurkic. Yeah, no. There's there's nobody player wise that could go except for Dame. And at this point, we've done Dame. Yeah. I think so I, I don't know. I I don't think we can do Chauncey. He's you know. No, I don't send a coach. That's corny. Yeah, sending the coaches coach coaches corny, and there are you know for better or worse some fans who don't think that he sh- that, that think he should be under more of a microscope than what he I is right now. Brooke. Cronin is Cronin's too basic. We can't Sinbrook. do Cronin. Not like I, I it's it's the same the same vein as yeah. Chauncey. You got to do you got to got to do something different. You got to shake it Sinbrook. up. Have fun with it. Another Brooke. idea that's been thrown out there to me is Lamarcus. Can you not hear me? Oh, okay. I can hear you. I said Brooke like six times. Brooke. You said who? Brooke? I love that. Send, Send the queen of Rip City. <laughs> if there is anyone that this fan base 100% universally loves, it is Brooke Olsen. Absolutely. Send, Send Brooke. Brooke. We vote, we vote Brooke. That's there great. You know. no, sorry, I couldn't hear you before because I was talking My too bad. loud. What a concept. I thought, I thought you just ignored me. me. I was like, you dissing Brooke? You can't well, do that. You'll get canceled right out of town. <laughs> I just, I just, I just was saying, Lamarcus might be another because he's retiring this year. You know, whatever might might be another idea. Yeah, but Lamarcus ditched um, this team. If Lamarcus had stayed, he, Dame, and CJ could have yeah. been a legitimate, you know, title contending trio. Maybe. I mean, Durant went to Golden State. So I, I agree. Anyway, all right, we're good. We are officially launching the. Brooke Olsen Dam Dam as the NBA draft lottery picker campaign here on the sports by Northwest podcast. It should be, it should be done. If we say it should happen, it's what should happen. Well, obviously we're, we're the, we're the ones making all the decisions (laughs) around there. So, all right. Thanks for listening to the sports by Northwest podcast, which is 
supported by the Pacific Office Automation 147, coming June 2nd and 3rd to Portland International Raceway. Please click the subscribe button and give us a positive rating. We'd appreciate that. And Brenna and I will be back next week.